Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And before we get into the podcast, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. How's it going, guys? It's your boy, Vladimir Potanin, the richest Russian in the world, back at it with another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. A lot has happened since we last spoke, or since I last spoke and you listened for some godforsaken reason, and I'm here to talk about it, here to report on it. Let's get straight into it. So, this is actually a note, this is actually something that I wanted to talk about last episode, but I didn't get the chance to, or I my eyes glanced over it in my notes, but Queen Elizabeth died. Queen Elizabeth died, I don't remember, it's probably been like three or four weeks now. I, I've talked about it before. You know, I, I'm not British. I've actually never been to the UK. I've never been to any of the UK territories. So, and I have no UK ties as far as I know. But that all being said, I am not like one of these heartless pieces of shit that's like, why is everybody so mad? The, the, the royal family represented blah, blah, blah. You know what the royal family represented? There isn't one answer. Depends on the person. Depends on if you grew up obsessing about the royal family depends on if you lived near buckingham palace depends on it all depends so for some people who don't care or don't know enough about the royal family to care shut your fucking mouth let people be upset the royal family represented different things for different people a lot of the people looked up to the queen a lot of people despised the queen a lot of the people feel indifferent because they don't know enough or care to learn and know enough about the royal family i am in that boat I absolutely understand why the Queen's passing was so impactful to a lot of people, especially, I, I have I have a couple family friends that met their spouses, they raised their families, they were born from, they were raised in, um, in the UK. So the royal family means a lot to them. It's a big staple, it's a big part of culture. I, I had someone that I was talking to who was really upset. They were like, why does everyone care? Why is everyone posting about Facebook and blah, 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 blah. And first thing I thought was, who the fuck cares? Go feed your dog, feed your cat, or take care of your your kids or whatever. Why are you, why are you spending all this energy and time caring about what other people are saying on Facebook? It, it's, it's a super childish mentality. I, I've, I've never understood it. If you don't like those people, Block them. If you don't like those people, don't look at their posts. Unfollow them. Do whatever. There's a million things you can do to avoid seeing things that you don't want to see or that you're not really interested in or that you hate on the internet. Anyway, what I said was, hey, we're Americans, right? So obviously it's harder for us to understand what the fuss is over the queen's death. Why anybody cares about the royal family? Why anybody cares about Prince Harry, Prince Andrew, Meghan Markle, I know I'm missing a bunch of them. There's a, more of them are, are popping out of the closet every day that I'm learning about. Um, yes, it's hard for Americans to understand, but there's more countries than America in the world. There are cultural icons in America that when they passed, my best example being Betty White, the rest of the world looked at and they're like, you know, we didn't grow up watching Golden Girls. Golden Girls wasn't a part of my upbringing, so I don't really care. Uh, it, I mean, I'm indifferent, didn't know Betty White, whatever. That's how some people look at the way that America reacted when Betty White passed. Same with any cultural icon for any country. Just because you don't care, and Betty White, uh, I mean, the Queen of England didn't mean anything to you, doesn't mean she doesn't mean a lot to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Not just from the UK, but from around the world. Because, like it or not, the royal family has some clout, and a lot of people care about the drama that goes on with them, what they do. As far as I'm aware, supposedly, quote-unquote, like very soft quotes, the royal family doesn't have much political power in the UK because the way that the UK, depending on which territory, they have their own elections. They're not, they're not a monarchy anymore, as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure there's someone out there that's squeezing their fist and fuming, um because I, I, I'm probably wrong, because I, I, don't, I don't care enough to look into it that much. But as far as I know, you know, the UK, uh, Britain, they have 
elections. Uh, they have prime ministers. So, so they have elections where the people can actually choose rather than it be a monarchy where it's just royal family, royal family's son, royal family's grandson, you know, because there's kings and queens and blah, 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 blah. That all being said, guys, if you don't care about the royal family, then don't watch videos, don't look into it, and don't react to the memes. At this point, it is public knowledge that every single social media platform, the major ones at least, have algorithms. And the algorithms give you what you want, things that you engage with. So if you're getting things, if you're getting posts on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or YouTube that you're watching, that you're pausing on, that you're engaging with, so like commenting, reacting, if you're sharing it, the algorithm thinks that you're interested in it. Engagement is the number one thing. The algorithm doesn't know if you like it or love it or hate it. All it's paying attention to is that you're engaging with it. And if you continue to engage with stuff that you don't like, you're asking to get more and more and more. That's just how these algorithms are designed. So if you're going to sit here and say, why do I keep seeing the queen of blah, 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 blah? Well, clearly you're interested in some form, or at least the algorithm thinks you are. So if you're not interested in it, ignore it. I do it all the time. There's a shit ton of music. There's a shit ton of TV shows. There's a shit ton of yeah, topics in the news, current events that I don't care about. I don't go out of my way to fight it though. I just don't care. I'd ignore it. There are a lot of there are a few comedians that I find utterly atrocious that are unfunny. But I'm never going to get mad and be like, "Why is that person still posting clips?" I just don't watch them. It's really simple. So, yeah. Queen Elizabeth died. Um thoughts and prayers out to the family. Thoughts and prayers out to the people that have been negatively affected. Cuz like I said, there are people that genuinely cared about the queen, and the queen meant a lot to them. The royal family means a lot to them. And their opinions and their feelings matter just as much as the next person. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, let's see in my notes. Um, oh, Liz Cheney. Yeah, Liz Cheney has been feeling some talks about, you know, she's been exploring the possibility of running independently, which is completely laughable. I don't want to give Liz Cheney more airtime than than I already have in the past. Uh, I don't really need to dwell on it. Liz Cheney is laughable as her. Uh, here's the thing about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney votes with Republicans and with the popular choices on bills like 97% of the time. But the only reason she's popular with Democrats is because she stood up to the orange man. So the idea that Liz Cheney is some kind of representative for freedom and freedom of speech and and individual liberties is a joke running also the independent party quote-unquote is a joke there is no independent party there never should be if you register as an independent you are saying i am not beholden to any single political party so running as an independent knowing liz cheney and where she stands her stance on most issues it's laughable she would get embarrassed very quickly she would not be in the limelight. She would not be in media circulation for a long time at all because nobody takes her seriously. She lost in the midterms because she's unpopular, because she did not represent, she wasn't a good representative for the people that voted her in. It's the same kind of thing, but flipped with people like Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is to win re-election. It's because the people who elected him felt that he did a good job. That is how that works. That is how government works. For the most part, there you know there are exceptions, but also the idea—it's super. It makes me laugh. It makes me chuckle, seeing hardcore leftists, progressives praise her for 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 her her clout chasing operations, like calling out Orange Man, saying he was the biggest threat to democracy. Blah blah blah. That makes progressives hard. It makes progressives wet especially the extreme far left. But if those idiots were to do anything, if they were to look one, if they were to dip one toe past the surface level and look into the type of person Liz Cheney is and where she stands on all the issues, they would blow their brains out. They would delete all their tweets, calling her saying, yes, queen slay and all the bullshit that they'll say. 
They will delete every retweet in support of Liz Cheney because Liz Cheney is not your friend. He's She's definitely not the friend of someone who is slightly left of center. Like I said, she is Republican on 97% of the issues. I, I That's a number that I'm pulling out of my ass. But all you have to do is look up where Liz Cheney stands on issues and you'll find that she is not an independent. She's not in favor of individual liberties and individual freedoms. The idea that anybody who's a rational, logical, past surface level thinking and exploring independent voter like me and like the millions of other independent voters out there and people that might be changing their minds after the midterms, they might decide, they might wake up and realize, oh, the Republican Party is full of shit, the Democratic Party is full of shit, the Libertarian Party is full of, full of shit, the Green Party, all, every single, the Tea Party, every single party is full of shit, and if they're not, they will be. They will be. The Libertarian Party got a lot of support, it gained a lot of momentum after... I want to say after probably in the early 2000s is when they started to gain hype and now nobody takes them seriously, including myself. I have more libertarian values than I do. I have more libertarian, independent, individual beliefs than any other party. But the party does not represent those individual, liberty-minded, independent-minded values. They've devolved into a bunch of edgelords who do nothing but make memes complaining about all sides. They don't actually propose any actual solutions. All they do is complain without offering up solutions. And they're just the edgelords, the ones that are like, oh, everybody that doesn't, that's tired of the Republican and Democratic Party, come to us. We're the good guys. No, they're the same. They're the same. Because at the end of the day, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And no matter what, no matter who the person is, no matter how pure they are in the beginning, absolute power will corrupt them absolutely. That's just how it is. So, I mean, by all means, Liz Cheney, run run as an independent. Please, it would be really entertaining. You won't get any votes. You, you'll barely get any votes. Uh, you might get some white wine drinking, dumbass surface level. Oh, this person, I'm going to take this person's words and actually trust them over their actions. You know, I've, I've said it many times in the past. Actions speak louder than words. Stop falling for this surface level bullshit. Stop falling for the clips, the out of context clips, the sound bites, where these, these politicians look into the, to the camera and say, I'm speaking for you. I'm, um, I'm representing you, America. I'm represent. Don't fall for that shit. Don't fall for the ads. Look at their track record. Look at their voting record. Look at where they've stood on these issues over the years and look for consistency. I'm not saying that that a politician cannot change their mind or learn and decide to change their mind or, you know, find out more and look into something more and then decide, oh, you know, I was wrong in the past or I don't feel that way. Maybe I felt that way 10 years ago. I'm not saying that politicians cannot change their minds. People grow as they should and sometimes their perspectives and their opinions on things change. That's not what I'm saying. Just look for consistency, watch out for grifters like Liz Cheney, and the best thing that you can do in this climate with a politician is not vote for them, is to ignore them. That's the best thing you can do. Stop talking about her and don't vote for her if she runs independent. Or do, if you feel like Liz Cheney will do a great job representing you, vote for Liz Cheney. I, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I'm just saying me personally, I think she has next to zero redeeming qualities. Therefore, I will not vote for her in any election in the future. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, so the IRS has received an official court order or they received authorization from a court to start going after unpaid crypto taxes. So it's estimated that the IRS is owed $50 billion dollars in owed or unpaid cryptocurrency taxes. That's what they're estimating. Honestly, if they dig further, if they really dig further, I'm sure that they're going to find more money. I'm sure that there's there there are plenty of offshore, offline crypto wallets. There there are a lot of those. You have the crypto wallets that 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 you can just have on your phone. 
And there are also offline crypto wallets that I, a couple people told me that I should get, but I'm glad that I'm done because if you're one of those people that even made a slight mistake and the, and you owe maybe 50 or a hundred dollars, I don't know what the, what the minimum is. You are subject to be audited and any other mistake that you may have, may have accidentally made could cost you in the future. So from what I understand with my cryptocurrency, every single transaction is subject to be taxed, I believe. And then I know for sure there's a capital gains tax. So it's just like with stocks. If you are to sell, I, I know there are, uh, it depends also on how long you have held the cryptocurrency, same with stocks. But from what I understand, if you were to sell something, if you were to sell a crypto and you were to make money off of it within a year of you holding it, that is also subject to capital gains tax, which is pretty hefty. So if you're an idiot, I'm not going to say that I did this or not, because I don't want to get audited. But if you're an idiot who decided that you wanted to day trade crypto, you are in for a bumpy ride, to say the least. So yes, the the 87,000 new IRS agents, like most people with a brain expected, they're not actually going to be used to go after the 1% and the uber wealthy that hired the best lawyers to avoid paying taxes the ones that have swiss bank accounts the one that have the ones that have offshore bank accounts the ones that file things as non-profit property the ones that pretend to do charity work so they can get a huge tax write-off no those irs agents are not going after the top one percent they're going after people who made a couple hundred grand maybe even a couple million off of crypto do i think this is a good idea well, depends on who's asking. Obviously, anybody who gets into anybody who knows anything about the United States, the way the IRS is, and the way that the United States government looks at taxes and the value, the, the importance of tax dollars for government officials to waste and spend on things that we don't actually want. Obviously, it was just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before the government finds a way to get their hands on their piece of the pie, quote unquote. It's what they think is their piece of the pie. It's it's what they what they have decided, what they have set as capital gains tax rate or long-term tax rate or transaction tax rate, whatever it is. We have had no say in this. We didn't get to vote on this. So in my opinion, if you if if you want to get technical, I'm sure there are some some ways around this. That the IRS is not stupid, the United States government is not stupid. I never voted on I never voted in favor and I never proposed any kind of tax on crypto, but of course that's what the courts are for, that's what the legal system's for. The IRS went through a court and they got authorized to start going after people who didn't pay their taxes on crypto. Taxes suck. I hate taxes, especially taxes that I had no say in whether or not I want to participate in. That's 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 the the greedy, selfish, individual-minded American mind um, that I have. But you got to know what you're getting into at the end of the day. I am not going to absolve anybody from any type of responsibility. If at the end of the day you do get caught or you do have to pay taxes on your cryptocurrency gains, like I did, you signed up for it. You signed up for it. You got into it. You got into something that was very uncertain and very shady to begin with. It's always been shady. The whole idea and the, the, the value of crypto is set by its popularity. The, the idea of crypto is supposed to be a unicurrency a currency that the government cannot touch, a currency that we get to set the value on, we the people get to set the value on. That's a nice, pure, utopian idea, but it's not going to fly with the United States, and we're seeing it right now. Once the government holds all these crypto, crypto exchanges accountable, and they send them those tax forms, I wish I remembered the, the term, if you, do, if, you, if you use Robinhood, or if you you play with the stock market, you get one every single year. 
that you have to file with your taxes on. As soon as they have a system established where they can send that tax document to anybody who is using a crypto exchange, once they are able to track these cryptocurrencies and figure out, you know, oh, this this transaction ID takes me to Arkansas. This person in Arkansas used Bitcoin to buy a pizza or he sold Bitcoin. He got paid Bitcoin uh, to give someone a haircut, blah, 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 whatever it is. Once it's easier to track, then a tax rate will be implemented on every single type of movement you make with crypto. And then it will make it, you factor in the gas fees as well. That crypto is going to be useless. And that's going to be the same for all cryptocurrencies. That's what I truly believe. Once cryptocurrency is regulated by the US government, it's going to die. Nobody is going to use cryptocurrency because if they want to use cryptocurrency to buy cheeseburger, the taxes that they're going to have to pay are going to far outweigh the benefits of just using cash or using a debit card or a credit card. It's a sad reality, but that's, that is where the United States is headed. That's where the world of cryptocurrency is headed. There might be some countries like Japan that still allow you to use Shiba Inu coin to go get a, a non-fat latte from Starbucks, but the United States is not going to be one of those countries. Soon, cryptocurrency will be taxed to hell, regulated to hell, and it will die. And Ethereum will just be something of the past. Bitcoin, XRP, Cardano, they'll all be things of the past. That is where things are headed. But yes, hopefully you guys learned the lesson. I'm not, I'm not saying that all my listeners truly believe that the IRS agents were going to be used on the top 1%, but if you did, I hope you learn your lesson. When they promise that they're going to go after the rich, they are lying because they are part of the rich. They are part of the top 1%. They just pretend they're not. The next thing I wanted to talk about, so Russia, what the fuck's going on in Russia? Nobody knows. Uh, there's a, there's a few things as far as this Russia, Ukraine, NATO conflict goes. So I'm going to cover each one, one at a time. So the first thing I wanted to cover with this is Russia's mobilization and their draft, their call to draft more military soldiers. So obviously Everybody thought in the beginning that Russia was going to be able to take over Ukraine, the invasion would be successful, and they'd be able to annex the entire country and basically say, this is Russia, this is not Ukraine. They've done that with a couple different territories in the past, not just this year, but many years before. They annexed Crimea in the past. They annexed and then lost the next day a couple other regions of Ukraine. But everybody expected for it to be very quickly. Most people expected it to be very quickly. And then, you know, the Ukrainians have been putting up a brave fight. Of course, it hasn't been on their own. There's been aid being sent by all types of different countries, mostly in the EU. And then, of course, the number one giver of aid in terms of money and manpower and firepower and technology is the United States. It's been a little embarrassing for Russia. And now they're experiencing soldier shortages. So they're drafting people to join the military. And we're seeing swaths of people at airports trying to leave Russia. You you see cars that are that are scrambling to, to cross the border and to get out of Russia and to go to any other country because they don't want to fight a war. Whether they don't want to fight a war at all, whether they're scared to die, or whether they just don't support the cause, but they would fight if they did support the cause. Regardless, nobody should be forced to go fight in a war. Point blank, period that's non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned. And people have been going to some serious extremes to avoid getting drafted. And it's really heartbreaking to see. I saw that Russian search engines have had an extreme, a huge uptick in searches on how to break your own arm because people are willing to snap their own arm or snap their own leg or give themselves some kind of self-sustained injury to avoid getting drafted and to avoid having to fight a war that there is no end in sight. Nobody even really knows what Russia's goal is. No one knows what Putin's goal is. No one knows what his motivations are. There are some guesses. I've given my guesses in the past, but it's heartbreaking to see that 
And I talked about that in the beginning. It's easy, especially when you you look at the mainstream media in the United States and you look at the propaganda that's being pushed out by the United States mainstream media. It's easy to lump in. And it's easy to understand why people are afraid of all Russians or they hate all Russians and they support all Ukrainians, regardless of individual status and stance on on this whole conflict. There are normal Russian people that are suffering. They've suffered from the sanctions that the United States and the EU and the rest of the world have put on, on, on the country. They've suffered because they've watched family members go to battle or go to war or go to invade and annex a certain city and then get blown up or get shot. Everybody involved is either suffering or they have a very high chance of suffering in the future. It sucks to see. It sucks to see. I do not hate Russian Russia. I do not hate ordinary Russian people. I don't love all Ukrainians. There are scumbags in Ukraine. There are scumbags in Russia. There are scumbags in every single country. Because at the end of the day, human beings can be great. Human beings can be loving. Human beings can be beautiful. Human beings can also be evil. They can also become corrupted. They could also be heartless, selfish demons. So at the end of the day, you know, I've I've shared my opinion on war before. I've shared that quote by Ernest Hemingway talking about how no matter how justified, war is always a crime. I still feel that way. And I feel that way more and more as this conflict passes, the more that other conflicts around the world pass, the more that history is uncovered when it comes to other conflicts and wars that have been fought in the past, not just by the United States, but every single civilization traced back to the begin to the first humans. War sucks. It really sucks. The next thing I wanted to talk about with in regards to this conflict is the Nord Stream 1 pipeline quote-unquote sabotage. Of course, a bunch of different countries are pointing the finger at most most of them are pointing at Russia and understandably so Russia's taking the blame Russia's being blamed for every single thing that happens in the world i mean ah uh, stay hydrated bitches i wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple people that thought Russia and Vladimir Putin were responsible for the queen's death um th- at the end of the day i don't think The most important takeaway from the Nord Stream 1 pipeline being sabotaged is that the Nord Stream 2 pipeline can be sabotaged. The pipeline that actually is transporting most oil to Europe. Not just the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, but this just goes to show that any pipeline, every pipeline is vulnerable and at any moment it can be sabotaged. Whether it's done by Russia, whether it's done by some rogue Swedish agent, whether it's done by some rogue Irish agent, whether it's done by someone that's a part of the EU that feels that they have something to gain if the pipeline is blown up and they can officially declare war on Russia or whatever. Regardless, the most important thing to take away from this is that at any given moment, just a combination of a couple swings of bad luck, shit in Europe and around the world can hit the fan hard. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline didn't actually have gas currently being pumped through it. I think the reason why is because Russia claimed that U.S. sanctions have prevented them from being able to do maintenance on it. Whether that's true or not, we're never going to know. We really are never going to know, and there's nobody that you can trust. You can't trust Russia, Russian government officials. You can't r- trust Danish government officials. You can't trust American government officials. We're never going to know what happened. We're never going to know what happened to this pipeline. But the facts are, that shit's broken, It's not. it can't be repaired for a while, and actually, investigations cannot be done for a while because there's methane gas underneath the water, which is highly flammable, can explode, dangerous for ships, I believe it, it actually could cause ships to sink, so the investigation's not going to be done for a while, whatever investigations are done, if they actually are done, we're never going to get the full truth, we never will, we'll always get some kind of slanted 
view of what actually happened or propagandized version of what actually happened. We're never going to know. At the end of the day, I totally see merit in in different arguments. Obviously, it seems odd. When it comes to things like this, when it comes to uh, who done it, when it comes to conspiracies, the thing that I always like to ask is, who's responsible and why? Who's responsible and why? Because when it comes to some really grand conspiracy theories, usually you can get the person who is trying to convince you of a conspiracy theory to buckle if you just ask, who did this? Why did they do this? Who did this? Why did they do this? And if you get them to speak on it themselves, usually when they speak out loud, it's like, okay, actually, this is pretty insane. When it comes to Russia, if, if, if you believe that Russia blew up the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, you can ask, why did they blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? Well, people who believe that Russia did it would say, oh, you know why they did it? You know why they blew up their own pipeline? It's to prove, it's to intimidate, it's to threaten and say, hey, this could happen to any other pipeline that sends oil from Mother Russia to Europe. This could happen at any given time. Just want to let you know, the heat in your house, the gas that powers your cars, etc., this oil that you depend on, it can be taken from you with the press of a button, with the radio command. Within hours, we can yank this from you. That is something that is believable. That's something that's realistic. And it is a, it's a real possibility. I've heard other not as compelling arguments for, you know, why, why Denmark would do it, why America would do it. At the end of the day, it's all about who has the most to gain. And like I said, who did it? Why would they do it? Why do you think they did it? There are a lot of people out there who, who are very anti-American and they believe that it was Americans who blew up the pipeline. Because they want there to be a war. They want to profit off of war. Uh, that's a very vague, very odd, lacking evidence stance. But, I mean, there are people who believe that. So, like I always say, their opinions matter. Even the ones that are completely retarded and have little to no evidence to support whatever. Same thing with, with, uh, with, with Sweden. And the countries that surround and the countries that are close to the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, you know, you could see, you, you've seen, if you look right now, you'll see theories on why fucking China did it, why, why Ethiopia did it. You, 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 there's some crazy, there's some crazy beliefs out there, but at the end of the day, the facts are the pipeline was, was sabotaged. It could happen to any other pipeline in the world. It could happen to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and Security should probably be upped. Security should probably be increased for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and every other pipeline that pumps oil in the world. I mean, the threat is there. The threat is there. So world governments need to be smart and citizens need to be smart and prepare for the worst. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's what I always say. Next thing I wanted to talk about, moving on from... Russia and Ukraine. Italy actually elected its first female prime minister and its most conservative, quote-unquote, prime minister in a long time. So, Georgia Maloney was elected Italian prime minister. She's part of the, I want to say, the Brothers of Italy party. She is... She is, she is more conservative, absolutely. She, she, she is very right-leaning with most most political issues. Um, there have been some questionable things that she said in the past. One specifically, which I believe the media is overreacting to, the media is looking too deep into, and also the media is taking out of context, was Georgia Maloney. You'll see articles and clips of, of people talking about, oh my gosh, Georgia Maloney is a fascist because she praised Benito Mussolini. And anybody who knows anything about anything knows that Mussolini was not a good person. He was a scumbag. He was one of the he was one of the 
founding fathers of fascism. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he did that on purpose, but he is a, he's a shining example of fascism for anybody that is learning about fascism. Anyway, the actual comments that, that, that Giorgio Maloney said about Benito Mussolini is that he was a good politician. And if you think about what that means, what being a good politician means, you'll find that she's correct. Nowhere in those comments, unless unless I, I have been propagandized, did I see her say anything about his character, saying he was a good leader, or a good person, or a good role model, or a good historical figure that Italians need to model themselves after. All she said was that he was a good politician. And his track record shows that he indeed was a smart politician. He wouldn't have been able to do the things that he did if he wasn't able to lie, if he wasn't able to play off of the plight of normal people, if he wasn't able to campaign off of the emotions of Italians, if he wasn't able to give grand speeches and make crazy promises and and connive his way into power. If he was a bad politician, he wouldn't be able to do that. That is the point of being a politician. A politician is able to lie their way out of anything. Benito Mussolini was very conniving and he was very smart in his in his taking of the Italian government. When he got into power, Mussolini changed the law. He created laws or he deleted laws or he he, he altered laws to prevent any other political party to uh to be able to exist in Italy. He prevented he he basically he did what fascists do. He changed the system to where he and his party were the only people that could ever rule Italy, in case of, unless, of course, there is a, a coup or there is forceful overthrowing of the government, which is what happened to him. Allied forces, rebels, the good guys, were able to overthrow Mussolini, ended up killing him, hung him in the streets. Passerbys were able to, like, kick him, spit on him, do whatever the fuck they wanted to him. Because he was an evil person. He was he was genuinely an evil person. He was a power-hungry person. No matter what, not saying that he came in to power with pure intentions at all. I'm just saying, no matter who you are, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that guy had absolute power. He gave himself absolute power on purpose, and he had to deal with the consequences, and that was being killed and then hung in the streets to be abused. So I'm not saying at all that Georgia Maloney is going to be a great prime minister. I don't know that much about her. I've looked at her stances. I agree with her on a few things. The main thing being her disdain for the the European Union, her disdain for the increasing power of the European Union, and the veto power that the European Union has over individual countries. That's scary. Because the European Union, you can you can compare it to the United States. States state rights are supposed to trump federal rights but with the european union the european union trumps all and she doesn't like that and i don't blame her i fully support her opposition to global leaders that are involved in the european union not saying that it's a good idea for italy to to pull a brexit uh, what, what would it be an an intellexit i'm not saying that at all I don't know enough about European politics to say whether or not that would be a good move, but you don't have to leave the European Union. You can stick around. You can be you can you can implement changes that you think are beneficial to Italy and the rest of the EU. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying do not fall for the propaganda. Unless I've been led astray, Giorgio Maloney was not praising the character and the humanity of Benito Mussolini. She was just saying he was a good politician. Because he was. He wouldn't have gotten into power. He wouldn't have been able to do and commit the atrocities and the crimes against humanity that he did if he wasn't a good politician. That's all I'm trying to say. As far as her stance on the EU, I fully support it. And we'll have to see how it plays out. Because at the end of the day, nobody can predict a presidency or a prime ministry or a whatever whatever it is with a politician. You never can predict how a politician is going to be do how good their administration or how bad their administration is going to do there's no telling because there are way too many factors that could affect said administration that all being said one more topic that i wanted to talk about today 
this is a bit different than what I usually do, but I'm going to give a porn recommendation. No, I'm just kidding. So Tua Tagovailoa. I don't know if you guys watch the NFL. I don't know if you watch any sports at all, but if you didn't already know, I'll give you the quick rundown. A couple weekends ago on a Sunday, Sunday night, a Sunday football game, the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, got pushed over at the end of a play. It was honestly a late hit in my eyes. Uh, A defensive lineman pushed him over. He fell back really hard and he clearly got concussed. I'm not a doctor, but I've played sports. I've, I've gotten concussions before. I've seen people get concussions before in person and on live television. I know a concussion when I see one. Supposedly, the NFL has a concussion protocol, a strict concussion protocol. It didn't always used to be like that. The commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, if you guys uh, didn't know already, in the past used to deny that football players could get brain damage. He used to deny it. He denied it because he's a scumbag who sold his soul for money. He's going to defend his product to make as much money as he wants. He's never going to, he didn't, he was never planning on admitting that the most popular sports and sport in America caused brain damage. Eventually it became, it became undeniable. It was looked into the term CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I I could never pronounce that word correctly. Eventually it was the, the science developed, the technology got better and the NFL ended up implementing a concussion protocol to try to minimize because you're never going to eliminate as long as football exists as long as as long as it's as fast and as violent as it is you're never going to eliminate concussions from the sport immediately because concussions are not that hard to get the brain is fragile it has an outer shell called the skull that's that protects it there's a little bit of fluid in between the brain and the skull, more fluid if you're hydrated, and if you're severely dehydrated, you have little to no fluid there. I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, so please do not quote me on this, but no matter how, you could violently shake your, if you violently shake your head hard enough, if you rock your head hard enough, your brain, which is like the yolk inside of an eggshell, will shake, and if if it shakes hard enough, you're gonna have brain damage. And when you have a concussion, that's when you have some traumatic damage done to the brain. Football, of course, we've learned, like I was saying, over the years that concussions are very rampant in the sport. And if you get one concussion, you're permanently damaged. It may not be a lot, but you're never going to be the same. You get two concussions. The more concussions you get, the worse off your brain is going to be, and the higher possibility you're going to have serious issues remaining sentient as you grow older. What I'm trying to say, I I really got off on a tangent, was that Tua Tagovailoa clearly got a concussion. He got pushed over, slammed his head against the turf, which is how a lot of people get concussions, and when he got to his feet, he was holding his head, his hands on his head, and then he stumbled and actually tripped. And believe it or not, the concussion protocol in the NFL is not as consistent and might not even be as real as we thought because Tua Tagovailoa got cleared by a doctor to play four days later in a Thursday night football game where he sustained another concussion that was far worse than the first one. Because when you you get a concussion... It takes a long time for your brain to recover. And it, like I said, it never fully recovers from that trauma. When you get separated from consciousness, like in boxing or in, in any other combat sports, sport like in uh, MMA, when you get knocked out cold, it takes a long time for your brain to be able to get back to being as close to 100% as possible, which is why in the UFC, someone gets knocked out. Doctors have to, basically, they suspend that athlete from fighting, depending on how bad their knockout is, depending on if they were TKO'd or if they were knocked out completely cold. In the UFC, you're never going to see someone get knocked out and be able to fight the next week 
or within even a couple months. Sometimes it's six to nine to even 12 months before a UFC fighter can fight again after being separated from consciousness. When you see someone get a concussion and you see their fingers seize up and flex, or you see their arms flex outwards the way that, or even inwards the way that uh, Tua's fingers were, that is a sign of severe brain damage. Tua might never be the same again. The doctor who cleared him um, ended up getting fired, and I think there's there's a, there's an ongoing investigation. It was scary to see. It was really scary to see. It's always scary to see athletes get hurt, especially especially when it comes to potentially life-altering injuries like two concussions within a week. It's absolutely insane, and it it it's really changed the way that I look at sports. I I and it hasn't completely changed it because I've been feeling this way. I've been anti I've always been pro athlete, pro individual for 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 a while uh ever since I started paying attention to to the political side of sports. But I will never ever ever shame an athlete in any sport for picking money over anything else. People who take pay cuts in football, baseball, basketball because they want to help their team have more money to to sign other players to potentially win a championship. That's all well and good. It's admirable. I'm not talking trash about that at all. But at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. It is a corporation. All of their athletes are dollar signs. And as soon as the business or corporation looks at you as a bad investment or decides that you are not worth it, they will drop you and they will never look back. They do not care about you. They do not care about the athletes. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about what anybody says. As far as I'm concerned, the NFL and Roger Goodell only ended implementing the, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this is fact. I'm not slandering the NFL. Please don't sue me. But as far as I'm concerned, the NFL and Roger Goodell only implemented the concussion protocol so they could, they could calm the masses because of how outraged fans were. And probably their numbers were dropping. Their ratings were dropping. They were starting to lose money. So they decided, Hey, let's just Give the dog a bone so they can shut up and they can keep spending their money on us. I will never, ever, ever shame an athlete for taking the money because as soon as you stop, as soon as you're unhealthy, as soon as you're injured, as soon as you retire, you're not making money anymore. You're not making money anymore and you have to fend for yourself. And none of these teams, none of these organizations, none of these businesses, none of these corporations give a fuck about the athletes. So anytime I see, I I've, I felt this way, I know a lot of people were really upset when Patrick Mahomes got his half billion dollar 10 year NFL contract. It was by far the, 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 mo- the craziest, biggest, most outrageous contract in NFL history as far as, as far as I know. I was not upset. I like to see young people succeed, first of all. Second of all, he better get his money because if he don't get your money, and you think that you're playing and you're being noble for the team, as soon as you get injured, they will drop you. I've seen it happen many times. I saw it happen with my own NBA team. Isaiah Thomas, a few years back, was a starting point guard for the NBA. He was talented as hell and fierce as hell. And he was as tall as me. He's five foot nine. He looked like a dwarf compared to all the other players on the court. He averaged like 27 points per game one season. Led the team to the playoffs. Ended up getting injured. What did the Celtics do? We dropped him. We traded him. Got rid of him. As far as as far as NBA strategy and basketball team strategy ended up being a good move because Isaiah Thomas had his surgery hasn't been the same since then. But if you're Isaiah Thomas, you feel like what the hell? That guy played through family tragedies and he gave he poured his heart and soul out for the city of Boston just for them to to dump him like it's nothing. I'm not saying that if I was, I'm not saying that businesses. I know that businesses operate for. For one reason and one reason only, and it's always to maximize profits. But don't shame these guys. Don't shame these guys for taking their money because they're being smart. They know that the money is not infinite. It will run out and you need to be smart with it. Take the money, invest in real estate, invest in the stock market, invest in reinvest the money as best as you can to keep it long lasting and to set up generations to come. That's the ideal 
that's the ideal path for for new athletes and not just athletes, but anybody that comes across money uh, quickly or slowly over time. Have a plan. Know what you're doing. It's easier said than done, but at least think about it. Think about it. Do your research. And I implore everybody else to never shame an athlete for picking money over anything, over over championships or whatever other bullshit. The money should be number one. And anybody who gets upset and they talk about, oh, they don't deserve this money, blah, blah, blah. It's easy. I've said this a million times and I've actually never said it when it comes to sports, but I've said it with other things. If you are one of those people who says, oh, that's too much money, blah, blah, blah. If you had the opportunity to take that much money, you would take it and you wouldn't hesitate. Point blank, period. No matter who the fuck you are in the world, you would take the money and run. You would take the money and run. You wouldn't donate to, donate it. You wouldn't open a nonprofit. You might later down the line, but don't act like you're selfless because anybody would jump at the opportunity to make a million dollars, let alone 10 or 50 or 100 or in Patrick Mahomes' case, 500 million. Don't act like you wouldn't do the same if you were put in their shoes because you would. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. Most people actually are not stupid. They know that they would jump at the opportunity to make that much money. So whether you care... Whether you follow sports or not, just know, just be mindful. The next time you see someone sign a big contract, they're doing what's best for them. They're doing what's best for their family, for their kids, their grandkids, their great grandkids. Regardless, they worked hard to get in that to get to get to where they are, and nobody deserves to tell them what to do with their money or what decision they need to make. And of course, my thoughts and prayers and good vibes go out to Tua Tagovailoa and his family. Hoping and praying that the damage is not too bad. But regardless, two concussions in one week at any age, whether you're old or you're you're as young as Tua, is not good. And I hope this investigation gets a lot of people fired. I hope that doctor never gets to work in the medical field again. And yeah, I I hope that people, I hope fans... I doubt it, but I hope the NFL can learn from the situation and they can improve. That's going to do it for this episode. Wow, I'm coming up on almost an hour. This is the longest episode I've done in a while. I know I went off on a lot of tangents, but hopefully you guys were able to take something from this episode, positive, negative, or neutral. And yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. As always, oh, merch update. Just kidding. There is no merch update. I'm working on it. Don't worry. I promise you when I have a concrete update, I'll let you guys know. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.